and welcome to another edition of Across the County. I'm Noah. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, I have a return guest on the show today, and I've been looking forward to his visit for quite a number of weeks since the last time we spoke. It was probably February, I believe. And Dr. Robert Jeffress is senior pastor of First Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas. You see him on Fox News. Of course, his daily radio program hits our airwaves and nationally. Heard here on KPraise at 11 a.m. And 11 p.m. Monday through Friday. It's Pathway to Victory. He has a weekly television program on thousands of cable systems and stations in the U.S. and in 200 countries around the world. Of course, more than 20 books, including Not All Roads Lead to Heaven. And we're going to get to another new one today. It's called Invincible Conquering the Mountains That Separate You from the Blessed Life. With all that said, Dr. Jeffress, thank you, my friend, for coming back on for a couple of minutes. It's great to catch up with you again. Well, it's great to be back with you, Noah. Thanks for having me. Well, I know it's been about six months, and the world uh, has changed quite a bit since February, almost like warp speed. Where do you see, I'm very curious, I know this is a kind of a, a blanket question statement, but where do you see the hand of God in our nation? It, it seems like we can't even blink without some bad news coming from around the corner. Well, that's true, but I tell you, even though the situation changes, one thing that doesn't change is God is still on his throne, and he's still uh, in control of our world situation and our personal situation. And I believe, Noah, really, with all the uncertainty that's in the news and natural disasters and wars and pestilence, which is uh, the word for pandemic in the Bible, I think this is a great opportune time for God's people to shine like the lights he created us to be for Jesus Christ. And I think, uh, you know, it's trite, but it's nevertheless true. The light shines brightest in the darkness. That's the spirit that God's people ought to have. This is no time for timidity or cowardice. It's a time for us to uh, be invincible. Romans 8.37 says we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. You know what's funny is that you know, obviously, we don't want to get in the middle of political debate, in our heads anyway, and we want to avoid confrontation. And that sounds all well and good, but what are we going to do with the time that is given to us? That's actually from one of my favorite movies in the Lord of the Rings saga, but it rings so very true. If God put us here in this time, in this place, there's a reason for it, and we should really hold true to our Christian values, pay attention to what's going on, and speak our minds along the way, shining God's light. Well, that's right. He didn't leave us here to hunker down. We could have done that in heaven. <laughs> you know, he left us here to be that light. Uh, Philippians 2 says, in the midst of this perverse and uh, uh, crooked generation, you are children of light holding forth the word of life. And that's what our mission is. And I think it's to win as many people to faith in Christ as we can, as soon as we can. Amen to that. I definitely have had that on my heart. And, you know, praying for those that you know, especially in your family and your, and your circle of friends that might not necessarily know the Lord. Well, that's right. And uh, we do it through our words, uh, but we also do it through the way we live. You know, uh, people want to 
to be around people who have hope. When we live differently than the rest of the world lives, and we have hope when everybody else is in despair, it creates that spiritual hunger uh, that uh, hopefully leads people to faith in Christ. Yeah, hopefully. And it seems to me, Dr. Jeffress, that true freedom in this country, it's kind of viewed right now as secondary when it's being compared to other things like public safety, partisan politics, censorship, you name it. The appearance to me is that freedom today is expected to take a back seat. And I'm just curious if that is somewhere biblically referenced that we can say, hey, this is something we need to be paying attention to. Well, I mean, I think God created us uh, as free individuals to worship Him, but, you know, if the Bible teaches anything, Noah, it's we need to temper our freedom and our rights for the good of others, and that's the balance every Christian fights, you know. Uh, Philippians 2, 3, and 4, don't merely look out for your own personal interest, look out for the interest of others. Have this attitude in you that was in Christ Jesus. And, you know, when Jesus gave up his rights in heaven as God, he came to earth not to meet his needs, but to meet our needs. And so I think there's a balance there that Christians need to strike. And how do we in America try and seek that balance? Because you do see people on both sides, and I'll even admit, I'm a very pro-freedom guy, so I, I tend to lean on that side when it comes to some of these issues. But how do you find the balance between having those individual freedoms and then also taking care of your brothers and sisters along the way and balancing things out? Well, I think every Christian has to make up his mind about that. But, uh, you know, I just think that certainly we extol the right of the freedom of worship, uh, uh, and I think that is key. That's a right, as our former president said, that doesn't come from government, it comes from God. Uh, but I think we also need to show well, uh, a concern for the well-being of others, uh, not just in our family or in our church, but in the world as large. And it's just a difficult balance to strike, but I think it's certainly what we're called to do as Christians. Amen. Well, and what can Americans do to better strengthen their families during the times that we're living in? Because I think it all starts with the family. And if we're secure and strong in our families, it's a little easier to do the rest of it. And there's so much division going on, even though lockdowns aren't currently in effect, and that's a good thing. I think strength is something that should be at that top of the prayer list that we have going right now. Yeah, well, that's one of the things I talk about in, in Invincible. You know, we talk about conquering the mountains that separate you from the blessed life. And certainly, Noah, over the last 18 months, there have been a lot of obstacles we have faced that have separated us from the kind of life God wants us to experience. And one of those mountains is the mountain of loneliness. You know, uh, the fact is this pandemic has separated many people uh, physically as well as emotionally. People have been cut off from their churches and from other Christians. We weren't designed to dwell in isolation or even just with our families. We need a family, a body of believers. And I'm just hoping that more and more Christians will reconnect with a church because uh, that's God's creation to meet our emotional and spiritual needs. You know, I was just looking at the figures that this last Sunday we had over 500,000 people worship with us online at First Baptist Dallas. Well, that's great. I'm glad we have what we call our iCampus, but that is a cheap substitute for real in-person worship. And so 
you know, I hope maybe some of people who have become pajama Christians on Sunday morning will come back to the real thing. And I think it's very easy to get caught in that. And of course, when they did the shutdowns, you know, about a year ago, and a lot of people got used to living at home uh, for pretty much everything, including going to church. And I think that's where a little bit of complacence has come into play. Yeah, I think so, too. And uh, I'm not urging that people be careless. I think you can be cautious, but you can also, you know, go back to a normal way of worshiping and living. You know, uh, I was uh, uh, telling my friend Shannon Bream on Fox News, I said, you know, when I get on the Dallas North Tollway, it's very dangerous. Uh, I say a prayer for my protection. I buckle my seatbelt at the same time, but most importantly, I go forward. And I think that's how we have to do as well. I don't think Christians, uh, you know, uh, you know, being a Christian means being stupid. I think we can be cautious at the same time, not being uh, guided by fear and timidity and cowardice. Uh, Second Timothy one says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. Be cautious, be smart, but be invincible. That's kind of the theme of my book. Noah here on Across the County, Dr. Robert Jeffress, my guest, and we're actually going to get to his new book, Invincible, here in just a moment, but I have a couple of more questions for him. Dr. Jeffress, what do you see is the biggest problem in America today that you feel is maybe hindering our nation spiritually? And then I have a positive question after that. Well, I think, uh, honestly, I think it's selfishness. I think the thought that it's just about me and my thoughts and my opinion, and and there's very little concern, I think, for others. I think we have allowed the spirit of division that has been in the world come into Christians. And, uh, look, I, I respect the right of everybody to believe what they want to believe about uh, you know, the virus and about vaccines and so forth. But it seems that there's been just a level of division that has turned into hostility. And I think Christians need to be a model uh, to the world of what it means to truly love one another and uh, allow people to have their own beliefs, but at the same time realize that as Christians, Noah, what unites us is much more than what separates us. I agree with that. It was often the backbone of an American and being a Christian that you could have different opinions have friendly debate and still lift each other up in the process. And it seems like that's kind of been lost, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. And the cancel culture is alive and well among the left and the right. I mean, you see them both sides, a desire to just absolutely extinguish beliefs that you don't agree with. And that is certainly un-American and certainly unchristian. It is on both fronts, and I hope we can move past that. Now, a little bit more of a positive question. On the other side, what's the greatest blessing that you see in America today? Because there are so many, I believe, that we still have that maybe we don't appreciate as much as we should. Well, I mean, when you look at the scenes in Afghanistan right now and uh, uh, see the turmoil, see the poverty, people not able to give what get what little money they have out of the bank in order to buy food for their family. I mean, we as Christians need to be eternally grateful to God that we live in a country where that's not a concern. You know, Paul said in 1 Timothy 6, if we have food and covering with these, we should be content. Anything beyond knowing where your next meal is coming from and a roof over your head at night is pure gravy, so to speak. Mm. Well, most Christians have much more 
more than those things. And I think we ought to look at what's happening in other places in the world and thank God for his undeserved blessing on us. And again, sometimes, Dr. Jeffress, we take that for granted, I think. Oh, I think we do, too. And uh, uh, I I think, uh, again, it's an opportunity for us to be thankful for what God's given us. Noah here and across the county with Dr. Robert Jeffress. Now we're going to talk about his new book, which is Invincible. So tell us about this new book, and let's start with why you decided to write it. Yeah, you know, the subtitle says it all, Noah. Uh, uh, conquering the mountains that separate you from the blessed life. In the Bible, mountains represent obstacles that separated God's people from God's blessing in their life. And certainly, I think we can all agree over these late last 18 months, we've had mountains that have sprung up. And Many mountains. Really blocked us off. Many of them, including, you know, fear, uh, uh, worry, uh, grief, loneliness. And what I do in this book is show how, although we can't, necessarily eliminate those mountains, we can conquer them instead of allowing them to conquer us. And that's what Invincible is about. You know, I my next question is something that I think some of us know, and, it, and maybe some of us as Christians don't know, if you've never really truly let God take control of every aspect of your life. So that's why I think it's important to ask it. And that is, what does it look like to truly partner with God to move mountains in your own life? You know, uh, there's only one thing that God never asked us to assist him in, (laughs) and that is our salvation. For Mm. by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But beyond our salvation, Noah, just about every other worthwhile thing in our life is not just God alone doing it, it's God in partnership with us. And it's always been that way. You know, God created the Garden of Eden, he put Adam and Eve in it, he said, I'm giving this garden to you, but it's your responsibility to cultivate it and keep it. It was a partnership. Uh, God told Israel, said, I'm going to give you this promised land, it's my promise to you, but you're going to have to fight for every square inch of it. And uh, it's true, when we talk about mountains we face, grief, loneliness, and so forth. It's not just, God, move this mountain, just take it away from me. God says, no, you join me in helping scale that mountain. The good news is, Jesus said, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, tiny as a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Now, he wasn't speaking literally when he talked about moving mountains, but he was speaking truthfully. He said, you know, you can conquer these mountains in your life and uh, enjoy the kind of life that I've prepared for you. And as our mutual friend David Spoon once said, too, if you don't believe that, well, he wrote the greatest book in history, and so many accounts to his miraculous wonders are within that on the lives that he transformed and now it can transform yours as well and what i would like to know i think on that note is at the beginning of the book you talk about a recent mountain that you and your family both faced and i know personal stories are something that can help people relate to oh you've been through that well i've been through that too and maybe that'll spark some interest either in this book or diving into more sections of the bible that they necessarily haven't read in the past so tell us about that moment and how god moved that mountain for you and your family dr jeffers well i'm not A few years ago, my uh, daughter and her husband had suffered three miscarriages, 
And, uh, you know, they were heartbroken over that. And many in your audience can relate to that. And uh, so after the third miscarriage, my daughter said, Dad, uh, Ryan and I are going to start praying for triplets. one life to replace every life that was lost. And I said, Julia, don't pray for that. We don't have a history of triplets, multiples in our family. You're just setting up yourself for disappointment. Mm -hmm. Aren't I a great man of faith, Noah? (laughs) But that's what I said to her. And she said, Dad, if you want to see God do big things, you have to pray big things. And they started praying for triplets, and lo and behold, God gave them triplets. Wow. And, uh, I mean, in fact, my daughter ended up writing a book called Pray Big Things. And so we God allowed us to move uh, from the mountain of grief and overcome it. And it was through prayer that it happened. And, uh, again, God doesn't answer every prayer. Sometimes God's will is different than our will. But that doesn't mean we quit asking God to do big things. Sometimes prayer is the way we scale the mountains in our lives. And God can give you a yes. God can give you a no. There's also something that I learned, again, from uh, our mutual friend David, that he always said, there's also a third thing that God will often have us do as Christians, and you have to be patient and await on his timing, and that's hold, please. He might not have the timing that you have, and it might take a while to get the answer you're looking for. Well, that's right. And again, you know, to pray in faith, the Bible talks about prayer and praying in faith. The prayer of faith is not a prayer that is just kind of psyching yourself up to believe something's going to happen that you want to believe happen. You know, know a lot of Christians think about prayer like they do the little engine that could. Remember that little engine chugging up the, mm-hmm. you know, I think I can, I think I can. Yeah. They think that's what prayer is. I think God will. I think that way. That's not faith. That's not faith. Faith is boldly asking God for what is in your heart, then quietly resting in whatever answer he gives. Faith demands an object. Jesus said if you have faith as tiny as a mustard seed, it's not the quantity of your faith, it's the object of your faith. And a true Christian has as the object of his faith a faith in the goodness and wisdom of God that God is always going to do what's best. And it's often, you know, again, that dedication to believing actually that God is going to give you an answer, because it does not matter what how small of a prayer that you're praying or how big of a prayer that you're praying. God wants your whole heart in it regardless, and that's where it starts and that's where it stops. Absolutely. So you walk your reader through 10 of life's mountains, the most often they separate Christians from the life that God intends for them. So they might have a good life, but they might have an even better life had they maybe followed God a little bit more closely. So let's talk about the first one, and that's moving from doubt to faith. I know even myself, I've struggled with doubt in the past, and how can Christians help overcome this? Well, people need to understand, first of all, Noah, that doubt is natural, We're finite human beings trying to have a relationship with an infinite God, and uh, we have all kinds of doubts. I have doubts about many things, many times. There's nothing sinful about doubt, but there is a difference between doubt and unbelief. The Bible does warn against unbelief. That's a settled conclusion. And before your seeds of doubt turn into unbelief, there's some positive things we can do. You know, uh, first of all, Tell God about your doubts. You know, God is not threatened by our doubts. 
He knows the answers. He can handle our doubts. Jesus never turned away somebody who had a sincere question. He never chastised people for their questions if they were sincere. So tell God about your doubts. Secondly, go to a more mature Christian who might help you walk through those doubts. Most of the experiences we have had, uh, other Christians have had before us. And find a mature Christian who can help you. And then I say this, this is so important, when you're going through a season of doubt, be sure you're connected with other believers. Doubts are like mushrooms. They grow best in the darkness. And uh, many times when we're alone, that's when the doubts come. I use the story in the book, Invincible, of Thomas. You know, Thomas uh, was crushed, like all the disciples, after Jesus died on that Friday afternoon. And he made the mistake of separating himself from the rest of the uh, 11. And uh, he missed the first resurrection appearance of Jesus. When Jesus appeared to the disciples, Thomas wasn't there. And he missed out on the benefit of seeing the Lord at that time. He saw him later. And, uh, you know, uh, our friend David Jeremiah says it best, said, when you're going through a season of doubt and difficulty, there's only one person who thinks you ought to take a sabbatical from church, and that's Satan. You know, I hear that so often as a pastor. Well, pastor, we're going through a difficult time. We're going to take some time off from church. No, that's the time you need other Christians the most. And if you'll do those things, God will move you from doubt to faith. I was just going to say, it is a very common practice amongst non-believers, amongst believers, where they're going through something very personal, very deep, that they're having a hard time getting through, and almost the instant reaction is, okay, I need to pull back from most of the areas in my life, including church, until I can, on my own, resolve the situation. And that's just, it's the wrong way to do it. And again, I've done this personally too, it's the wrong way to do it. It is. And uh, I mean, Satan never changes his tactics because the old ones work just fine. He loves to separate Christians, then isolate Christians, and then attack Christians. And it always works. Remember, there's strength in numbers. Uh, Solomon said two are better than one, and a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Noah here and across the county, Dr. Robert Jeffress, my guest. And right now we are talking about his new book, Invincible, which you can pick up wherever fine books are sold. And check out the website as well, Pathway to Victory. Pathway to Victory does so much great ministry work. And they're also here on K-Praise, which is at 11 a.m. and 11 p.m. Highly suggest you check out the program and uh, everything that they teach. Well, you also talk, Dr. Jeffress, about the mountain of fear that the Israelites faced as they were approaching the promised land. And that's some pretty big stuff. What did that mountain look like for them, and how did they get to the other side? You know, uh, I would ask your listeners to think about what is one thing you know God wants you to do that you haven't done yet. And I think we can all probably think of at least one thing. And then I would ask the question, what is it that is keep you, keeping you from doing that one thing? Some people would say, well, I'm afraid I'll fail. I'm afraid I'll be rejected if I do it. I, it's too hard. You know, there's some fear that is keeping people from that one thing God has called them to do. And for the Israelites, uh, God had told them to go into the promised land. He told them to send the 12 spies in to spy it out. But when they came back, remember, 10 had to report there are giants in the land, and we cannot overcome them. The fact is there were giants in the land, but God had promised them that they would succeed. The problem is 
they were using the wrong standard of measurement of assessing their problem and challenge. They were measuring uh, themselves using the giants as the standard. They were using the wrong standard of comparison when, in fact, they should have been comparing their challenge with the power of God. You know, uh, the tallest building in the world, uh, Noah, is 2,717 feet, I believe. It's in Dubai. Mm -hmm. That's a big building. But compared to Mount Everest, 29,000 feet, it's nothing but an anthill. And that's why it's important that whenever we're assessing a challenge ahead of us and what God wants us to do, we should measure not the size of our challenge, but the size of the God who will help us overcome that challenge. Amen to that. And there is no challenge that God is not big enough for. Always put that in your heart. And if you remember that and you truly believe it, you're going to pray some pretty incredible things and you're going to get some pretty powerful results. And of course, always in whatever the will of the Lord is. That's exactly right. And uh, that fear causes so many people to uh, miss God's best for their life. And so we talk about some very practical ways uh, to move away from the mountain of fear. Well, the last thing I'd like to touch on regarding your book, Invincibles, I think something that we can all relate to, obviously, is we've been dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic now for a little over a year and a half. And loneliness, I think, to some extent for all of us, is at an all-time high. So what practical advice can you share from your book with your listeners who want to move from this loneliness that they're experiencing to true companionship? Yeah, you know, first of all, I think it begins with recognizing that we really do need other people. A lot of Christians, Noah, think that all I need is a relationship with God. Well, I'm going to tell you, a relationship with God is not enough to fulfill every need you have in your life. Now, I know that sounds like heresy. The reason I know what I'm saying is true is because God said it. Remember, he created Adam, put him in a garden, had a perfect relationship with him that had not yet been tainted by sin. But at that moment, God said, Adam, I enjoy our time together, but it's not good for a man to be alone. What do you mean alone? He had a perfect relationship with God. It wasn't enough. He needed another human being, and God created Eve. It's the same for us. We are physical beings as well as spiritual beings. We need other physical beings. You know, we're kind of like those two porcupines in northern Canada who were huddled together to keep warm. They needed each other, even though they needled each other. And it's true for us. We need other people, even though they're irksome and bothersome at times. And I would say, you know, make a concerted effort to connect with other people. The best place to do that is in the local church. Uh, Hebrews 10 says, let us consider how to stimulate one another to faith and good deeds, not forsaking one another, as has become the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as we see the day drawing near. And I would say, you know, I believe, I believe we're in what the Bible calls the last days. I don't know if that's a matter of centuries or decades or years, but there's nothing that has to be fulfilled until the rapture of the church. And I believe as this world gets increasingly hostile to Christians, we need one another. We need the encouragement that comes from being physically connected to other believers in the local church. Yeah, now more than ever. If one thing this pandemic has taught me is that I need my fellow brothers and sisters and my family and my close friends more than anything, those are the things that matter probably the most, Dr. Jeffress. Absolutely. 
Well, if people want to find out where they can get your book, if they want to pick up a copy of Invincible, which I highly suggest they do, what's the best place for them to get it? And by the way, that's Invincible, Conquering the Mountains That Separate You from the Blessed Life. Well, thank you for asking. You can get a copy of Invincible right now at Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, other e-tailers, and I'm told it's going to be next week in every Hobby Lobby in America. So you can find it uh, lots of places. I certainly hope so, because it looks like it's going to change a lot of lives, just like every one of your books does, Dr. Jeffress, so I can't wait to read it. Well, you're so kind to have me, Noah. Thank you for what you do. Well, this won't be the last time we have you on, and so we look forward to the next chat. Look forward to it. Thank you, Noah. Noah here and across the county. Check out Pathway to Victory. Go to ptv.org, ptv.org, and don't forget to listen to Pathway to Victory right here on KPraise, 11 a.m. and 11 p.m., a.m. 1210. If you're listening on The Answer San Diego, just go to kprz.com. My pleasure to talk, as always, to Dr. Robert Jeffress.